This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Am your uh, oh there we are thank you David <laughs> David Gaskin told me he'd get back I was me. gonna say yeah, I, <laughs> I was giving him a rough time earlier but our producer David Gaskin has the final edit he does okay he owns uh, the buttons <laughs> yes indeed uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be pushing a few buttons myself today yeah. come to the give it I know uh, it. Frank Proctor here the sous chef of the garden along with Charlie Dobbin and it is the garden show but the funny thing is just before we come into the studio we always have a little chat what's going on what's you know happening in the you know in our garden. Week. Worlds, yes. yes. Yeah. Well, so uh, I said to Charlie, said, I, I'm, I'm going through this crazy thing with my cat, Dickens. I'm doing a jigsaw puzzle at home. See, I love jigsaw puzzles. Don't do them all that often. But now I'm in the midst of this thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle. Who likes to get up on the table as I'm working there trying to piece it all together? Dickens. And he'll roll over in his back and, and push Flip the... Flip and flop. Yeah, and his tail knocks off pieces from the table. And your eyes lit up. Because I have a younger kitty cat than you, yeah. who knows that he's not supposed to get on the puzzle. Yeah, because so you're he doing messes one right it now up. Too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I've got a table set up, got the puzzle set up, and I've got a cat who is completely, you know, magnetized to this puzzle. <laughs> and of course, it's this ongoing battle to keep the cat off the puzzle. Cat knows he's not supposed to go on it, so it gives you a look and then leaps up onto the puzzle. So yesterday he's rolling around and messing up my puzzle. And in his rolling, he knocked the box. The 1,000 pieces of which 900 are still in the box onto the floor. The box opened and 900 pieces fell out. And guess what was directly below the table was a floor vent leading to the furnace. So I'm sitting there as watching this box go down and I hear ding, 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 ding as all these little puzzle pieces start working their way down through the vent. Well, I tell you, that cat never ran so fast, I started just <laughs> screaming at him. <laughs> I was like, that's it! <laughs> Boy, I can imagine people uh, listening in going, you guys live wild lives. I know, Same cats and puzzles. Jigsaw <laughs> puzzles. <laughs> Trouble is, my cat is starting, I don't know what the, I've got to put glue in his food because the hair, God, he's getting... Oh, it's that time of year. Yeah. Yep, yep, get the brush so out. You, you stick the puzzle pieces together and you got little hair sticking up all over the... Anyway... <laughs> That's aside well, from what they show. Okay, but is all I, just about. so yes. you know, I did get the puzzle pieces out of the vent, and I did not count all one thousand. But I'm convinced I still have all the pieces. <laughs> I'm not. I can't. I'm not. I'm telling you. Okay, a phone numbers to call Charlie Dobbin and talk about puzzles or gardening. No gardening. We prefer gardening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're mm-hmm. here for gardening. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty in Toronto. And then uh, David will keep his eye on that long distance line, one 740 and it won't cost you a penny. Not a penny. Mm. Not a sue, says the sous chef. <laughs> That's right. All right. Way to stay on what top of it. Okay, a couple of things coming up. Okay. One is on in about 20 minutes, we're going to have a special guest joining us. 
Tina Van Andel, Master Gardener, and she's also the event coordinator for the Master Gardeners of Ontario. She's going to join us. She's pretty wacky, and uh, oh, she like writes great emails. Uh, her emails just make me giggle every time. Uh, for example, we were chatting about the show and, and her coming on, mm. you know, what kind of questions we wanted to cover. And she wrote to me, um, as we're going back and forth, uh, yeah, what should I wear was a big, really big question for her to be on radio. But also she mentions that Master Gardeners like answering gardening questions so much so that even when asked that age-old question, where's the washroom, uh, Master Gardeners answer in garden speak. And they say things like, why, it's just past that Magnolia Stellata, which, by the way, is hardy to at least zone four <laughs> and is a perfect choice for an urban backyard. So, <laughs> Meantime, you've forgotten why you want to ask the question. Yeah, first, yeah, like, yeah, what is this person even talking about? But <laughs> Tina is very involved at Canada Bloom, so she's going to yeah. uh, come in and tell us a little bit about what the Master Gardeners are doing at Canada Blooms and what she in particular is in charge of. Radio. As Good. well, uh, for anybody who wants to get out today, um, it's kind of snowy and icy at my house. It's very dry down here in yeah. urban Toronto. Uh, but I guess out in Peterborough, there's probably a little snow and ice because oh, yeah. I know there was certainly a little more snowfall yesterday out east of Toronto than there was here. So today, if you're getting out in the Peterborough area between 11 and 2, the Avant Garden Shop presents the folklore of herbs. They're hosting free 15-minute workshops um, right sort of yeah. all through those hours of 11 and 2. They have author on hand doing readings from her book, an herbalist discussing uh, how to use herbs and, and what their kind of points of, of for culinary purposes, I imagine, and teas and some medicinal purposes. The Avant Garden Shop is at 165 Sherbrooke Street in Peterborough, and lavender t- uh, cookies and herbal tea will be served. Ooh. I thought you would like that. I do. Now... There are some upcoming events for those of you that want to mark your calendars. I won't get into too much detail. March 11th uh, is the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society at 1.30 p.m. at TBG. Next week, we'll talk more about the actual meeting in details. March 14th, the Burlington Hort Society, 7.30 p.m. Again, put it on your calendar. We'll get into details next week. But the one thing to know, and it's, it's really pretty interesting... Toronto Botanical Gardens has a lot of educational events. They have speakers, et cetera, but they have courses. You can take, Mm -hmm. you know, six-week courses once a week, et cetera. Now, the spring course registration has just opened at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, and the the kinds of courses they have are amazing. Some of them are during the day, some are in the evening, some are on weekends, so, you know, it can work with anybody's schedule. Um, There are more than 100 classes being offered this spring. There are programs to suit every level of experience and area of interest. If you go to Toronto Botanical Garden, .ca, which is, yeah. of course, the homepage, and from there go to Learn Adult uh, for the program guide. Just some of the courses that really grabbed my attention were things like Organic Fitness, Healthy Movement for the Gardener. That's a six-week course. Beekeeping, because as you, there are some beehives now at the TBG. Urban Vegetable Gardening, which is very trendy and, you know, always lots yeah. to learn there. Even a course on growing orchids for some of you out there that I know are yeah, We keen, have a lot of orchid. Keen orchid yeah. people. And there's so many orchids available now in the retailers. You know, it used to be such an exotic plant, but now orchids are fairly common. So if you're looking for orchid information, there's a great course on growing orchids at the TBG. So there you go. Another neat little tip passed along by Charlie Dobbin, our master gardener here on The Garden Show from AM740 Zoomer Radio. And we're running a little over time here, so... 
uh, let's uh, take a quick break and then we'll come back and have a word or two or maybe even three <laughs> with, uh, uh, is it? Uh, Ernie. Ernie. Ernie from Aurelia. Okay. Back in just a moment. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef on hand here to welcome Ernie to the line from Aurelia. Hi, Ernie. How you doing? Good morning. Good morning, Ernie. How are you? Great. Got your email. Thank you. And the photo was lovely. Oh, yes. That was well, obviously... That, that is the plant that uh, Wendy... Uh, was talking to you about last fall. And that was a photo you took last summer or fall? Uh, yeah, last late last uh, summer. It's a mandevilla for yes. people that don't know what we're talking about here. It looked really nice in the photo, covered in flowers, glossy leaves. Oh, it had Good. so many blooms. It was just amazing. So what does it look like now? Uh, not very healthy. Well, I shouldn't say not very healthy. It's, uh, it's starting to grow again. Mm-hmm. Um, my question is, it's, it's starting to send out green shoots, mm-hmm. uh, runners, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to know, uh, should we bring it up into the light again, because it's been sitting in the basement all, all winter, and when should when should we bring it up into the light, and do we need to trim it back? Absolutely. I would do both those things. I would bring it up into the light, and I would tr- did you trim it in the fall when you brought it in? No, I didn't, because it was it was still blooming when we brought it inside. Yeah, so it's a big, bushy, viney plant. Is there's probably a trellis in the pot, and it's growing on the trellis? Uh, well, I tried to train it to go up a trellis, but it didn't want to do that, so we just <laughs> let it go. <laughs> Mind of its own. Uh, okay, so what I would do, this is definitely the time. It is shooting out those long runners because it recognizes the days are getting longer, and it's time to get growing again. So by bringing it up into the brighter light, you will encourage some more compact growth. Uh, by trimming it back, again, you will encourage more growth. By watering as required, now be careful with the watering here, it'll yes. use a lot more water once it goes into the sun than it has in the basement, but yes. be careful about overwatering. But you could certainly use some fertilizer at this time as well. Okay. Okay. But the trimming back is a good idea because that will just encourage a lot yeah. more about bushy how growth. Far back should I trim it back? Well, we, it's always safe uh, generally to trim up to a third off of a plant. So okay. you could certainly consider to look at sort of 30% to be removed. At that time, when you're in there with your little sharp pruners, mm-hmm. look for, take out anything that's brown and crispy, anything that's dried up or dead. So yeah. clean out, you know, sort of groom the plant, if you will, uh, to, to clean it all out and sort of freshen it, um, make sure that there's no debris on the surface of the soil. Uh, and you'll just find that, that all that will be very rejuvenating to the plant. And the cutting back will force out new growth. Okay. Okay. Okay, well, that's great. Thank Thanks. you very much. Thanks Thank you, Ernie. for your call. Say hi to uh, Wendy, and I know that you'll be listening in the diner today. Yeah, Frank said he knows you and Wendy. Well, they're <laughs> two very uh, regular listeners. They're nice folks, really yeah. nice folks. Everybody's a nice folk, well, aren't they, sure. that listens to our show? Absolutely. <laughs> Gardeners are nice people. Even if we have to fib sometimes to say that. Uh, <laughs> Not me. I no, I don't. <laughs> Trish is on the line. Uh, Wasaga Beach. Uh, some say Wasaga, one say Wasaga. Wasaga. Uh, okay. Uh, Trish, is that how you say it? I'm sorry? Uh, do you pronounce it Wasaga or Wasaga Beach? Wasaga. Wasaga. There you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. We stand corrected or I sit you. corrected. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Morning, okay. Trish. Hello. Um, I have some... 
Christmas cactuses, and they're getting very woody. Mm-hmm. What can I do about them? Are they big old plants? Yeah, they're over 20 years old. Yeah, pretty old then. With an old plant, even a herbaceous plant like a Christmas cactus, the old crown of the plant, the center of the plant is very old and it will get woody and barky. Even a geranium will get woody and, you know, almost get bark on it as it gets older. So what we do to rejuvenate or to keep the plant fresh and young is we take cuttings, so tip cuttings from the, the mother plant. And unless, you know, for some people, just keeping the little cuttings, starting a new pot of fresh new growth is the way to keep the plant and they'll compost the old plant if they just find that it's not as attractive as it used to be. And of course, there's no flowers down at that central core. All the flowering is on the tips. So often that's what we do. We eliminate the mother plant and keep the little babies, keep the, the tip cuttings uh, and because there's no other way to, to eliminate all that woody growth otherwise. Yeah, well, I've taken a lot of cuttings and put them in little pots. Mm-hmm. So eventually just scrap the, the mother plant. If you're willing to. Sometimes we're a little attached to plants after we've had them for 20 years and we don't really have the heart to throw them in the composter, so we keep them. Yeah, uh, because they bloom beautifully. Exactly. And, it's, you know, certainly Christmas cactus, if, you, if it's a good, well-balanced, well-grown plant, they can be amazing. I mean, they can be huge, two, three feet across. I mean, monsters covered in, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of blooms. So, it, it's, yeah, it seems a bit heartless to get rid of a plant that's certainly got great beauty and great potential. But when it's not flowering, is is not a super attractive plant. But you know what? The hardest thing is refreshing the soil with the old, old cactuses because they're hard to transplant. Uh, and certainly scraping a little bit of soil off the surface of its existing pot just with a spoon, getting some fresh soil into that pot if you can't actually repot it is a way that will also help with encourage new growth, you know, lots of green tips for lots more flowering potential come, uh, come Christmas. Yeah, I seem to do well. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Fine. Carry on doing it, and and keep the plant, or or just keep the cuttings. Uh, either one, either one works. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you, Trish, for joining the show. It is the Garden Show from AM 740, Zoomer Radio. I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden. I have worn my cape in and uh, my spandex outfit. <laughs> oh God! Cover I'm my ready. eyes. I'm ready. To, there's a big S. On my for sous chef. I was going to say uh, for. Uh, 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 wait a minute. What were you going to say? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, As yes. is for Sierra Sill. Oh, very good. Um, I wish I'd said that. Yeah, it's two S's. I think. But you know, it's funny or or interesting. Frank and I are referring to Sierra Sill, which is a mineral supplement both of us take to keep ourselves limber and pain free. My neighbor uh, across the street was whining about sore something last. Last fall, I forget, sore knee or something. And I said, You should try Sierra Cell. And he goes, What's Sierra Cell? And I said, Just a minute. I just have a sample bottle. I'm going to let you try this. And I explained to him what it was. And he right. goes, Oh, yeah, I've heard. Oh, maybe that's how it started. He listens to the, to the station. He goes, What's that stuff you're always talking about on the radio? Maybe that's how it started. And then I said, Look, here, try it. So he took the bottle, and I never heard a word. You know, months go by. And I'm thinking, like, Did he not take it? Did it not yeah, work? Yeah. So I saw him the other day, and he goes, where can I buy that Sierra Cell? <laughs> oh, really? So and he didn't s- offer to pay for it, huh? 
No, he what wanted a to cheap go, son of no, a gun. No, he wanted to go buy some more. Oh well, yeah, but it he works. didn't pay you back. You're your scared. It goes though. without saying, you know. I just people <laughs> use and abuse me all the time. No, just ask me. My my neighbor, <laughs> it liked it so much. He yeah. said it worked so well, but then he didn't have any more, and he realized that he wanted more because there he was back with his sore knee again. I said to him, well. Dear neighbor, there's a lot of health food stores that carry Sierra Cell right here in our neighborhood. Ambrosia Foods, which is Ambrosia Natural Foods, which is right on Young Street near Doncaster. There's also an Ambrosia Natural Foods up in Newmarket on Young Street. Those are probably the closest ones for us. But downtown, we've got the Big Carrot on Danforth Avenue in Toronto. And all the Whole Foods markets carry Sierra Cell. So if you want to buy it, you can do so. You want to give them a call. They'll send it to you. one joint 14 Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, stalks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. you picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Now, if I have my facts straight from our uh, good buddy, David, uh, our producer, uh, our next caller has to rush away pretty soon here, so we want to run along to Pauline in Oakville. Hello, Pauline. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Morning. You two make the best team. Thank you. (laughs) Well, we have lots of fun anyway. (laughs) Now, my question, I believe you have covered it before, Charlie, about uh, flowering crab apple with yellow leaves, but... I used the dormant spray this past spring, you know, okay. before the buds come out, mm-hmm. and uh, it still continued to drop leaves later on. In fact, by the end of or August, maybe the middle, there you could count the leaves on it. It's probably a pretty old tree, isn't it? No, it's about five years old. Okay, and do you know what variety it is? No, I don't. Hmm. The reason I ask is because, well, a couple of things. Weather last year was not with you. Remember what happened last spring. It went, it started to rain around about the middle of April, and it rained every single day right through until the third week of June. Mm-hmm. So all that rain, all that humidity, all that dampness led to a lot of fungal diseases. And crab apples, um, generally speaking, can be very susceptible to fungal diseases. They are members of the rose family, just like roses are often very susceptible to black spot, which is um, something we see on roses. And the different spots we see on crab apples, again, are, is a fungus that causes the leaves to drop early and uh, and then the leaves are on the ground, and spores are being, um, um, what's the word? Dropped. <laughs> well, actually, they're kind of going up into the air. So Flown. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, there is a word for it. The, the spores are airborne off those leaves that are sitting on the ground, reinfecting the crab apple potentially for the next year. Mm-hmm. So the reason I asked what variety, there are some varieties that, of crab apple that are more or less Uh, susceptible to fungal diseases. So number one, choosing um, a more resistant variety is always a good idea because some of the newer varieties have been selected for their resistance to some of these diseases. That's number one. Number two, dormant spray, great idea. Continue to do it every spring without fail. If we've had a really bad year like we did last year, even consider dormant spray in the fall, in September. Particularly if all the leaves have dropped, you've got nothing to lose. So spraying again after the blooms have finished won't accomplish anything? Um, Well, if you're going to spray after the blooms have have dropped, 
you will not spray with dormant spray. You will spray with perhaps the lime sulfur or a sulfur-based fungicide. Okay. Because dormant spray is a, is a lime sulfur and oil mix, mm-hmm. and it's designed to go into a dormant plant, meaning no leaves. And you're absolutely right. You never spray when a, when a plant is flowering. Post-flowering, yes, you can spray, though the sprays that are available now are strictly of a, a natural uh, source. So sulfur is our is what we're using as our fungicides. There's okay. something out there called Bordeaux mixture, B-O-R-D-O, and that is a copper sulfate mixture, again, mixed with water and sprayed as a, as a preventative for fungal diseases. So, yes, you, you can spray if the weather isn't with you through the spring uh, and you recognize that, that you know, we are, have the weather that's going to contribute to fungal diseases. Yes, you can be preventative with fungicides. And then there's that good garden hygiene. Keep, yeah. your, keep your rake handy as the leaves are starting to drop. And if it's early defoliation, do whatever you can to clean them up and eliminate them from the property. Okay, that okay. sounds great. I guess one and other thing I just... Just as a little aside for mm-hmm. you, a few weeks ago you were talking about bird feeders and squirrels. Mm-hmm. And for about 15 years, maybe longer, I have used a seed called safflower. Mm-hmm. And squirrels, grackles, starlings, sparrows won't touch it. Don't like it. Yeah, oh, I think really? I've heard so you'll that. you'll get every other bird that you want. Nice. So, And you can buy just straight safflower. Yes. As a, as a bird seed. Yeah. Oh, good idea. Good tip. Excellent tip. Okay. Thank you for that. And actually, I just flashed on one other thing, Pauline. If you're doing any pruning, which you probably are at this point with a five-year-old crab apple, remember to prune it in an open, so meaning prune any of the branches that are growing to the inside of the crown of the tree. Prune it as an open plant so the growth is to the outside. That way you'll maximize airflow and oh. sun penetration, which will also lower the amount of fungus you end up with. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks Have for a great your call. Day. And thank Sapphire. you for joining us. Yes, Remember what a great that. little tip. Yeah. Huh? Mm. Well, uh, tick off the old grackles, I'm telling you. <laughs> I know. We love doing that. <laughs> they are just okay. so nasty. And they travel in really large groups. Do they really? Yeah. I, I, mean, I know it's a murder of crows. It should be a murder of grackles, too. They tra- Like, I must have had 150 in my backyard last weekend. My cat was even afraid. No. Yeah. The, well, Not they're the that, same size as him, yeah, right? Yeah, he big, wouldn't go outside. He was just like, guys. oh, my gosh. He was like yeah. mesmerized, stuck to the window, <laughs> but there was no way he was going out there. <laughs> well, here we are, my friends. It's coming up to 9.30, and uh, do we have our special guest uh, online? Oh, righty. Garden Show, Charlie Dobbin, uh, ready to introduce me to a lovely lady who is yes, very talented. and Wild uh, and wacky. And a wild email writer, I understand. Tina Van Andel. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Hi, Tina. How are you? I'm doing absolutely wonderfully, thank good. you. Good. Yeah, because you've been away on holidays. No wonder you're doing good. Yeah. <laughs> you always pay for your holidays, so you yeah, have to that's come back true, that extra work. Oh, well. it's a, it's Spring is in the air. That's true. And Canada Blooms is coming up soon. Yes, it is. And you've been very busy with preparations for Canada Blooms. Yes, I have. So tell us a little bit what you do as the... Uh, Master Gardener event coordinator for Canada Bloom. Well, for you're the event coordinator yeah. for all of Master Gardeners, but wow. what do you do for Canada Blooms? For Canada Blooms, well, mm. we have close to 800 Master Gardeners in Ontario, and Canada Blooms is absolutely the horticultural mecca. So we all get best chance to come together and work together, and and to educate the public on everything that we love gardening. So what I do is I just organize all the different events that go on at Canada Blooms and make sure that it just runs smoothly. So you've got 800 master gardeners you're coordinating? 
Well, we we don't we have Thunder Bay Master Gardeners and Algoma Master yeah. Gardeners and Ottawa Master Gardeners. But some of them come, and some of them do come. I was going to say, so. but it's like a bit like herding cats, I would think. Yes, it is. But you know, they're a grand bunch of gardeners, so it's very easy. <laughs> now, there's several ways that Master Gardeners is involved at Canada Blooms. One is ongoing daily clinics. Yeah. Now, tell us a little about where those clinics are, because I understand anybody can just walk right up to any Master Gardener in any clinic situation with a whole raft of questions and get some great answers. Yes, they absolutely can do that. We're at two locations this year, Mm -hmm. one in the garden hall amongst all those really incredible floral arrangements, and our other advice clinic is in the foyer outside the main entrance to Canada Blooms. So in the Galleria. Yes. Right, out in that sunny sort of atrium area. Area. Where you where you wait before you get to go in. Right, where you buy your tickets, etc. That's right, and we are going to be there a half hour before the show opens, so you can come by and ask your garden questions before you even get into Canada Bloom. Excellent, good idea. So, so two places are being staffed throughout the show every single day by Master Gardeners? Every single day, every single minute. Wow. And the show, okay, now let's just be clear to everybody who's listening. The show opens at 10 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and is on till 9 o'clock every single night mm-hmm. except Sundays when it'll be closing at 5. Right. Okay. And we will be there. Wow. All right. So that's one area where Master Gardeners are involved. Yes. Another area is Master Gardeners have a whole stage. We do. We will be in room 105, Mm -hmm. offering 24 different expert Master Gardener speakers for your educationally entertaining pleasure. (laughs) Well, now, that sounds like you're the MC. (laughs) Well, that that might be part of my job as well. (laughs) Tina does everything, I'm telling you. She's she's a busy person. So 24 different um, speakers will be speaking, obviously, on 24 different topics. Yep. So give us a little sample of what some of those topics are. Take a big breath before I say it. We are going to cover trees, perennials, bulbs, spring, color, invasives, vegetable gardening, pests in the garden, including Japanese beetles, rascally raccoons, and the notorious Norway maple, Mm. history, herbs, curb appeal, pruning, and what not to do in your garden. And that's just a few of the topics we're going to cover. You can check out the schedule on the website for all the details. And now is that on both the Master Gardener and Canada Bloom's websites? Yes. Okay, so CanadaBlooms.com and yes. Magoy. Yes, M-G-O-I dot C-A. Thank you. All right, now, okay, so there's two areas where Tina's been very busily scheduling I'll and organizing. Say, yeah. However, it doesn't stop there. Mm-hmm. There's even more going on. Now, yes. on weekends, Spectacular Sundays. Tell me what's going on on Sundays. Spectacular Sundays. Master Gardeners are rebelling. <laughs> you might even say flouting the dreaded one-question-please rule. Right. Uh, on both Sundays from 12 till 3 in room 103, you are welcome to 20 free minutes of undivided attention from your very own master gardener talking to you about your very own garden. Wow. So we're really encouraging people to bring questions and photos, bring that spouse who likes the lawn better than the garden, <laughs> and we'll gladly show him how happy he can be sitting, sipping sangria in the garden of your dreams. So, tw- did you say 23 minutes or 20 minutes? 20 minutes. But oh, it sounded good to say 23. I thought that was good. So, 20 minutes. So, 20 minutes all to yourself. Like, all adopt a yourself. master gardener for 20 you minutes. You get to sit down 
and talk to your very own master gardener. So if I wanted to book that in advance, can you I do it? certainly may. You can take your chances and drop into room 103, mm-hmm. or you can again go on the Master Gardeners of Ontario website. Mm-hmm. Right on our homepage under Sit Down Sundays, there's a link that takes you to the Canada Bloom site where you can reserve your 20-minute slot. So that's pretty good. Hey, that's a cool idea. Yeah, it really is. Because we have a rule here on the radio show that's uh-huh. one question uh-huh. per caller. And uh, frankly, yeah. Frank has trouble keeping people to, to that rule. <laughs> you know. Well, there's but, just so much to talk about. Well, one question leads to another question yeah, so yeah. often, right. Right? right? You know, you sort of get one solution, but then that brings up another another yeah. thing. So, all right. So, the, and you tried that last year, the spectacular Saturday, Sunday did. idea. And it worked quite nicely, didn't we it? We did. And uh, the Master Gardeners like it as much because... You know, we have lots to say as well, so it's really nice to be able to sit and talk to people and get mm. some really in-depth information across. Good stuff. Well, master gardeners seem to be great gabbers. I mean, <laughs> uh, Charlie, I can't get her to shut up. I was going to uh, say, so. <laughs> I can tell what's coming from that. <laughs> great gabbers. Uh, well, no, right. I think no, but seriously, I think it's a great idea. It, it really is a great is. idea. Yeah. All right, so now that's just the beginning of what the Master Gardeners are doing. There's even more going on because there's some competitive stuff going on as well. Tina's, Tina's got some really good ideas here, which she's got set up for Canada Bloom. So tell us, tell us a little bit about the tournaments. Well, I should have actually said not Spectacular Sundays, but Spectacular Trivia Sundays. Uh. Because we all know that learning about gardening really doesn't have to be boring. And even though Master Gardeners are certified horticultural experts, we're really a lot of fun. And in Room 105, on both Sundays, we're going to combine learning and fun as Master Gardener groups from across Ontario are going to compete in Reach for the Treetops Trivia Tournament. Reach for the Treetop Trivia Tournament. Reach for the Treetop. Don't wear a short skirt. (laughs) (laughs) And it gets even better than that. Who's going to come up with a question? Sorry to interrupt. Oh, is well, that from the audience? or is that... No, but there will be a lot of audience participation. Okay. Of course, they're going to want to talk to, they'll have their own questions, but the questions will all be prepared ahead of time Ooh. and put in one of those secret, you know, uh, vaults by accountants somewhere that's or something right. like that. In, in Ohio, right. I yeah, gotcha. yeah, something like that. Yeah, buried in a mountain. the same one with the Oscar winners. Right. Yeah. That kept in those same sealed, sealed a- vaults. Envelopes, yeah. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. So that's um, Reach for the Treetops Trivia Tournament and will be both the, Sundays. Yes, that's just the Master Gardener groups. Now, right. you know that we do have wonderful, mav- marvelous Master Gardeners that do an excellent job, but we also have very special gardeners honorary master gardeners mm. who help us with our mission from the lofty heights of horticultural celebrity. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and on Sunday, March 18th at 1230, mm-hmm. room 105, four of our honorary master gardeners have agreed to participate in the first ever Celebrity Master Gardener Trivia Tournament. And who are those lofty horticultural well, types? <laughs> we happen, we are very fortunate to have Eloquent Ed Lawrence mm-hmm. from CBC Radio. Oh, you didn't say that. Oops, I didn't say that. Uh, that Dynamic other radio Dynamic Dennis Flanagan from <laughs> Landscape Ontario. Mm-hmm. Positively Perky Paul Zamet from mm-hmm. the Toronto Botanical Garden. He's been on our show here before, yep. Yep, and he is very positive. Perky, perky is the word. <laughs> and finally, the fourth one, the charming Charlie Dobbin, garden goddess of AM740. There you are. Garden, I like it. I like Saving it. Saving the best to last. Way to go to. There you go. And as, as I said, audience participation will be welcome. They'll have a chance to talk to all of our honorary master gardeners. 
and they'll even have a chance to win our 25th anniversary publication, Ask a Master Gardener. That's win, pretty, win. pretty fun, eh? If I I've learned so. one thing, uh, Tina, listening to you this morning, is the fact that you should have been a copywriter. <laughs> oh. you, <laughs> She's good, eh? Just, hey, those alliterative uh, yeah. words just fly out there. Eloquent. She's, uh, she's a good writer, I tell you. She could... Do you have a blog, Tina? You should have a blog. I don't have a blog. I don't have the time, time to have a yeah, blog. That's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. It's true. Well, so that that's really fun. I know. I was thinking about this trivia competition with Ed and Dennis and Paul yesterday, and I started getting a bit nervous. I was thinking, I wonder if I should be studying for that. It'd be embarrassing to have them know stuff I don't know. I might have to study. See what she's like. Huh? <laughs> Me, competitive? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, it's just going to be a lot of good it's fun. It's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. Well, all right. Now, I, I just before I let you go, I have to ask one important question. I know one of your big anxieties coming on the radio show today was what to wear. I know. I don't know how you guys do it every week, I, you know, what to I wear. I just wear my pajamas. It's very oh. simple. But but yeah, I know you had a real question between two T-shirts. You had, I did. The one T-shirt was that says, nice bulbs yeah and the other t-shirt that says mgs do it through trowel and error yeah (laughs) frank's laughing which one to wear and which one are you wearing i wanted people to think i was sincere so i chose the master gardeners do it through trowel and error because trowel and error it's uh, just more truthful than the nice bulb future. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Tina. <laughs> Thank you very much for this opportunity, and I hope to see everybody at Canada Blue. I think you will. <laughs> nice nice meeting you, Tina. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye now. <laughs> She's a funny gal. She is. Nice Told you, wild and wacky. Well, you know, some, some would have gone for nice watermelons, but you know... It's Not all of choice. us can pull that one off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Literally and figuratively speaking. Yes. Well, hey, you know what? We, yes. have, to, we have to scoot for a minute because mm-hmm. uh, we have folks hanging on the line. God mm-hmm. bless Joan there in Palgrave. She's been hanging on for about half an hour, and uh, we're going to get to her. Bless your heart. Uh, we'll be back to you in just a moment here on the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show from AM740. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And that sound effect was somebody taking a pot shot at me. That's oh, right. Yeah. It's I'm a good thing you chef ducked. Of the garden, <laughs> Frank Proctor. And we got to welcome uh, Joan to the line from Paul Grief. Good morning, Joan. Good morning. Morning. I have a problem in that I have an area of my lawn that is completely densely shaded in the summer, mm. and it is developing moss. Mm-hmm. And I was told that if I sprinkle lime, ground mm-hmm. lime on it, mm-hmm. that that would eliminate it. And I was wondering, due to the fact that at this time of year it does get the sun in one thing and another, mm-hmm. because the tree branches are all empty, mm-hmm. could I spring when the snow is not around? Could I go out and sprinkle the lime on it now and sort of beat the season? Mm. Okay, so that's a good question. And you're absolutely right that it is partially because of the shade that that moss is growing. If it's a tree that's causing the shade, have you considered trimming the tree, thinning the canopy of the tree, or raising the canopy just to allow a little more light in? Is that possible? Well, it's a combination of a garage Mm -hmm. and two or three trees. Right. Okay. But just do do realize that that 
I mean, it does mean bringing an arborist onto the property to do a good job. And I always, always recommend, you know, certified arborists to do any tree trimming. But it can make a real difference in terms of just getting the moss grows in certain conditions. You Number one, you mentioned shade, very much of a condition that moss loves. But it also loves dead air situations where there's very little air circulation. Moist areas, areas that are constantly moist. Again, those tend to be the shady, low areas in our lawn, in our in our gardens yards um, and the other thing that where the lime is coming into it is the acidic soil so what makes the soil acidic it's it's more that water that standing water that causes the uh, soil to end up being um, somewhat on the sour level and we talk about sweetening the soil with lime it's actually going to affect the pH it's going to raise the pH a little bit um, I w- don't typically recommend willy-nilly application of sulfur or lime to any lawns or gardens without a proper soil test or at least a pH test because you don't want to be affecting your pH in a big way without realizing what you're doing. Um, some, you know, We can sprinkle lime and have absolutely no effect at all or we can sprinkle the right amount of lime and, and have a good effect. Um, so if the, the moss is really bothering you and... Tr- like keep tree trimming in the background as a, as an option to help with the lowering of the moss quantity. Scrape the moss out. You're going to literally use a shovel and scrape the moss and take it right out. I would personally test the soil and consider the addition of horticultural lime as required by the pH test. You can do it in the spring, which was part of your question. Can you do it now? Absolutely. Uh, it will become soluble with the spring rain and the snow melt. That lime will will become soluble in moisture and will modify briefly the the pH of the soil. However, the lime will continue to move through the soil quite often and you'll be right back to that same old pH. So it becomes a lime every week or so to try and maintain the pH. So better to try and change up the conditions if you can. And like I say, I would scrape out the moss, get a little bit of fresh soil, lime as required, nice fresh grass seed, and anything you can do to, to maximize more sunshine and air circulation would make a difference as well. Very good. Okay. okay. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. You're a very patient person. <laughs> Thank you very much. I just don't mean hanging on the line all that long, but listening to Charlie. Uh, Was I, I blathering no, too much? actually not. Okay. No, no. Very informative, as usual, here in the Garden Show. Yes. Um, and we do have other folks who have been waiting a bit, too. So let's get along to, uh, to Elma in Orangeville. Hi, Elma. Um, yeah. Good morning. Good, good morning. morning. Good morning, Charlie. How are um, you? I've come into to uh, possession of some Osage orange seeds. Mm-hmm. And I've planted some in uh, moist soil with uh, saran over. Mm-hmm. I have uh, a few of them in moist paper towel in a paper in a plastic bag. Mm-hmm. What can I expect? You came to these seeds, uh, somebody gave them to you recently, or did you collect them yes. last fall? They've been planted since about the 20th of January. Okay. My question, the reason I ask is because when you consider what are the natural conditions that these seeds get in the real world, they get winter. So oh. They get a cold winter, and that's okay. part of what they need in order to break out of dormancy. What I would do is I would take the ones, if you have any, Did you, you said you had some in moist paper towel. Do you have some in a Ziploc bag? Yes. Okay, the ones in a Ziploc bag, is there some moist soil in there as well? Uh, no, they're just the uh, the paper towels that are moist. Okay. What I'd be inclined to do is I would moisten up some potting soil, preferably a seeding mix. 
I would drop the seeds into that moist, not wet, but moist seeding mix, zip the whole mess into a Ziploc bag, and stick, uh, at this point, I'd probably stick them in the freezer. And I would put them in the freezer for about four weeks, and then I would pull them out of the freezer, and then I would plant them as you have, just as you would start any seed, little trays, warmth from below if you can. Uh, You may find that they even start to germinate within the Ziploc bag. When you take them out of the the cold, they will have started to to sprout a bit. So that's that's exactly what will, will help break that dormancy. Now, I do that with the ones that I already have planted in soil. Just take it and put it in the freezer. You could, yep. Yeah. Yep. And, okay. and, the, and the ones, that I, just the paper towel ones, I'd put all of them. Um, actually, what you could do is put the paper towel ones in the fridge, try the fridge, and put the ones that are in the soil in the freezer. Okay. And it'd be interesting to see. Frank's got to look. It's... it's because every seed has certain requirements, and right. I'm saying very casually off the top of my head to go straight into the freezer, you may find that the fridge will be equally as effective. Okay. All right. Minimum that's, four weeks, though. That's fantastic. Good stuff. Thank you very kindly. Let us know how it goes. Thanks a lot. I will. Okay, Alma. Thanks for joining the show, the Garden Show here at AM740. Uh, I have, uh, at great expense to myself, bought a telephone booth that I've moved into the corner <laughs> of the studio because I've got to go change into my... Glad you're finally s- <laughs> going into a booth to change. <laughs> well, yes. I, it was getting a little embarrassing. You're right. Uh, Absolutely. Okay, so while get I you an, over here, you can, get you can one talk of those about Sierra Nice Sill bulbs and, t-shirts. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm over in the corner here. So Frank. Frank is... Oh, Frank is being silly because what he's leading into is Sierra Sill, a, a supplement. It's a perfectly natural mineral from the Sierra Mountains that both Frank and I take to keep our joints pain free. It's actually really perfect for boomers like us or Zoomers like us who want to uh, maintain an active lifestyle, whether we're shoveling the snow or Shoveling something else. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Flying through the air and solving the world's problems like you do, the Sierra Sill superhero that you are. You want to avoid any kind of aches and stiffness, and Sierra Sill is very good for that. Now, you can go to their website, sierrasill.ca. You can give them a call at one eight seven seven joint 14 or you can pick up Sierra Sill at your local Sorry, I need a breath. Health food store. Good Health Mart in Woodbridge carries Sierra Sill, as does Heart Lake IDA Drugs on Sandalwood Parkway East in Brampton. And there you go. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And we're all set to say hi here to uh, Carol calling in from... Hamilton, a comment about cats? We should change this then to the feline phone line. Hello there, <laughs> yes, Carol. Good morning, both of you. Good morning. I heard you talking this morning about your furry friends there causing <laughs> yeah. a few problems. Yep. So I was going to give you a little hint that works great for me. Oh, what's that? Okay, and you're going to think I'm crazy, and you'll think, oh, that can't possibly work, but it does. Mm-hmm. You know the dryer sheets you throw in your dryers to soften right. your clothes? Mm-hmm. Just lay those sheets across anything. You don't want a cat to get on, and the cat won't go near it. Because of the smell. Well, I don't know if it's the fragrance part or if it's a chemical that's in the dryer sheet. But they can smell it, and they'll just turn away. 
So put down the bounce, the cat won't trounce. That yeah, is like, good. You know, I've had a friend of mine who has used these, and she's put them up on top of, of a china cabinet she had that the cat wouldn't stay off of. <laughs> That's and excellent. And she says, you know, after a while, as you can understand, the, the sheets will lose their strength being yeah, out so. in the air. Uh-huh. So, you know, occasionally, like I've been using the ones I've been using now for about three weeks. Huh. Hey, that's terrific. Uh, and I'm thinking maybe it might be getting time that I'll have to refresh them. But great. it actually works. It's a great okay. idea. That's a great idea. Thank you. Yeah, and I thought, so, you know, just so Dickens there and your, your yeah. little friend there, yeah. Charlie, doesn't get traumatized anymore <laughs> by you chasing around the house screaming at him. <laughs> I just opened the door and threw him outside in the snowstorm. Oh, That's what I did. <laughs> Made him drop Heartless. all the puzzle pieces first, though. Yeah. Heartless master yeah, gardener. Yeah, but it does work. I, I, I'm totally amazed. I've used it on a chair here. That's a family heirloom uh, that I didn't really want idea. the cat on. Yeah. And he used to insist that that'd be the one chair. Of he course. To be of on. course. Of course. You yeah. know that. Cats are not and dummies. And I just laid some dryer sheets on, and he hasn't gone near it since. Well, great idea. Thanks for Thank the tip. You. So give it a try. Let me know how okay. it works. I listen to your show every week, and I really enjoy I am a gardener, too, by the way, oh, but thanks. this is just something I thought I would pass okay. on to you. We love it when people share tips. Thanks, Carol. Oh, you're welcome. Okay, Enjoy. talk to you Bye-bye. next week. We'll let you know. Well, And you know what else? Actually, I think if you Google Bounce, yeah. there's websites devoted to how to use the dryer sheets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the things I've learned, and I've certainly, you know how when you're at uh, end of the summer, you're sitting outside having lunch or dinner or yep. cocktails with your friends, and every wasp for miles around oh, is buzzing you? yeah, yeah. That's when you pull out the bounce, right? And, and you, you tuck you. one sort of behind your ear, you know, in, the, in your pocket, sort of hanging out of your some piece of clothing, and they, they don't come near you. Well, that's a good So tip they too. are real <clears throat> repellent, obviously, for some of the pesty uh, pests. Pesky pests, but nice idea. Yes. Cats can Back be Back to the jigsaw puzzle without a cat worry. <laughs> hey, Jack in Oshawa, thank you for hanging on the line there, and good morning, and welcome to the show. Good morning. Morning. Really like your show. It's great to have you on. Thanks. We enjoy it very much. Uh, my wife and I have got a calancho plant that's about 18 inches high, mm-hmm. 15 inches across, a lot of green, uh, roots coming out the sides of the stems, uh, six inches up mm-hmm. from the pot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess it must be about four years old now. We're wondering what we can do to make it bloom. Well, I would plan to get it outside this summer uh, once we're frost-free. And two things you could do. One is you could replant it. All those little roots coming out the stalk tells you that you could obviously lower it down if you're transplanting it into a pot or going straight into the garden. Calancho are um, a succulent-type plant. They love lots of sun. And in our homes, it's very difficult, I find, to get them to rebloom, just because right. there's insufficient light coming through all the UV glass and, and protective things, curtains and shears, etc. But if you can get it outside, I think you'll find that it will set some flower buds and will flower for you in the summer outdoors. Just slowly introduce it to the sunshine, right? When you take it outside, start in the shade, give it a week or so in the shade, and then slowly but surely move it into a sunnier and sunnier location till you've got it right out, you know, in a nice sunny spot all day. Sounds good. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks okay. so much for your call. Thank you for calling in from Oshawa. Boy, we've had calls from all over the place. We have. And do you remember one time you gave me a Calancho, Frank? Yes. No, you don't remember. I do. I do remember. I didn't remember what I gave you, but I remember yeah. giving you something. I forget what, this, what the occasion was, but it was um, sort of in the spring. You gave me a little mm-hmm. calancho, and it was blooming when you gave it to me. And I find indoors, they will stop blooming eventually. And then, as, as Jack said, they're just green plants. But I put it outside, and it bloomed all summer. 
It's calanthus are a great plant. Talk about low maintenance. They love the sun. They don't mind being dried out. They come in every color of the I rainbow. Have given it to you. I should have kept it myself. I know you could have killed it yeah. yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or left it left it on a streetcar, perhaps. Oh, here I, I'm in trouble again. Hey, I want to thank all our callers today, Golly, and including your guest Tina. Tina Van uh, Andel. Super, super interview, and uh, <clears throat> just a ton of good questions. And that tip about bounce. I to know. Keep, uh, Dickens, and what's your little guy? name? Carter. Carter. Carter the basketball the playing cat. Puzzle. You should see him. He plays basketball. <laughs> My son no. named him. No. <laughs> Carter. Yeah. Well. He can uh, leap tall buildings. Slam dunk all Yipper. the time. Yeah. Yipper. <laughs> hey, my friends, thank you so much. Uh, Charlie, yeah. I know you've got your goodbyes to say here. And just... you've got, uh, um, uh, you're back in an hour. Yeah, the boys are in for mm-hmm. Dave's Corner Garage, of mm-hmm. course, and then I come back at 11 o'clock for Live in the City and lots of fun. All right, and I want to thank, as you point out, all our great callers, great tips. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Dave. And we'll see you all next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.